Hello, and welcome to the Jubilee Church Podcast. Jubilee Church exists to help all people know God, find family, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you would like to learn more or connect with us, please visit our website at jubileestl.org. I'm a math person. I'm a numbers person. My wife knows this. Um, staff at Jubilee know this. So if they ever ask me, like, hey, what if we did this, Brian? What if we did this, Brian? I don't know if I'm for it until I hear a number. Like, I can't tell if I'm, you know, Rachel, hey, you know, Brian, what about this? And we can do these things. And she can see it on my, my face. I'm just like, it's hard for me to hear. You know, it sounds like, you know, like Charlie Brown, the teacher, you know, wah, wah. like I, I just hear, wah, wah. and then 2,000. Okay, I hear 2,000. I, I, I hear a number. I can deal with that. I'm with you. Now we can have a conversation. I bring that up because today has a little math in it. Today is about multiplication. And as we think about our resources and we think about what God has called us to do, one of the things that we need to remember as we end this series on money is that God is a multiplier. God is a multiplier. We uh, read this two weeks ago in 2 Corinthians 9, 10. He who supplies, that is God, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for the food will supply, and what's that word? Multiply. If you are a math person, what's that word? <laughs> if, you're not a mul- if you're not a math person, what's that word? Multiply. All right, yes, yeah, I guess it's not a number, it's a word. Okay, your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your Righteousness. We talked about first things first, that it's all God's, and we need to be knowing where money be going, and we need to honor him in all those things, and that less is more, that uh, giving is cheerful, worry is, we want to release worry, and that finally here we want to talk about how God is a multiplier, that God multiplies, that what we keep is all we have, but what we give, God multiplies. What we keep is all we have, but what we give uh, God multiplies, and, and the, the teaching in the Bible and the teaching in this series up to this point has been primarily been about how giving is good for you. Like when we, uh, in fact, it's all about you. It's not been about, um, you know, what happens to the money, like will it do any good? It's all about the benefit to the giver. In fact, that's most of the teaching in the Bible. Jesus talked about money more than anyone he never took an offering. He never asked anyone for money. Yet he talked about giving all of the time because of the benefit to you, the benefit to you. And I, in fact, when you look at the Old Testament, you know what they did with the money that they collected? They burned it. They burned it. That's all the sacrifices. They sacrificed it. Hey, can I see the inner? Tell me about the spending. How did, where did it go? Did it help anyone? Well, we can't tell. It burned it. We burned it. And so, because it's not about so much where it goes. It, go, it has to do with you. Uh, has more benefit to you um, than to the person who receives it. But I do want you to know before we end this series that it does um, make a big benefit. And so that's what we're going to talk about. And when you first read this story, I mean, at first glance, it's like it, it, it reads like Jesus at a picnic. I mean, like there's a slight breeze, there's green grass, they're on the side of a hill. You can almost see like the red and white checkered blanket with the basket. But, and it seems that way. Oh, you know, Jesus, had a, you know, he's feeding people. Isn't that amazing? And, um, but there's something bigger going on. And Jesus always had something bigger going on that his disciples weren't always in tune with, uh, much less the crowd. But he's training them. Uh, this isn't Jesus at a picnic. 
This is Jesus uh, starting a revolution. He had three years uh, to pour himself into these uh, disciples and anyone who would come and follow about how to um, disciple the world. I want every name. I want, I want, I want every tribe, every tongue. I, this is a worldwide thing. I am starting a revolution. And so this is, this is Jesus starting a revolution, and he's training his revolutionaries, not with weapons training, but with bread distribution training. And that's what you and I need. You and I need bread distribution training. What is bread? Well, bread's not really a good thing in our cold. I mean, it's carbohydrates, and who wants that? And like, you know, even you know, going to Panera, they always try to squeeze in an extra roll. It's like, we want to get rid of this. Nobody wants it. And, um, but bread in that culture, where they didn't have very many options, bread was life. Uh, bread meant life. And in fact, if you read this story in John 6, uh, there's four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're called the Synoptic Gospels, which means they're similar. But actually, there's, there's very few stories uh, that, are, that are the same. And this is one of the stories that's told in all four Gospels. And in the back half of John 6, um, after he feeds the 5,000, 5,000 men, that is, uh, by the way, it's more than, you know this, right? Don't, when you hear 5,000, they're counting families, so it's probably more like twenty or 30,000 people. Um, uh, so at the end of John 6, he says, I am the bread of life. Like, you guys are all excited about what I'm up to because I fed you, but I want to remind you, because remember in the, in the Old Testament, manna came down from heaven, and like, uh, they were supernaturally fed. And here comes Jesus, who does this miracle and supernaturally feeds them. He's like, hey, this isn't Jesus at a picnic. This isn't, this isn't me feeding you. In fact, your forefathers ate that manna in the desert, and then they died. When I, the kind of bread I am giving you, you will eat and you will live forever. I am giving you eternal bread. There's something inside of you. There's something that you need. There's a, a food that you need. Man cannot live by bread alone. There's something that you need beyond food. Uh, John Paul uh, Sarcha talked about this hunger that he had inside of him, even though he was a denier of God. He was an atheist. He says this, that God doesn't exist, I cannot deny. That my whole being cries out for God, I cannot forget. He says, I don't believe in God, but I'm hungry for God. I'm hungry for what only God can give. And Jesus is saying in, in teaching about how he is the bread of life is that I can satisfy a hunger. I am the cure uh, that John Paul Sarcha says there is no cure for, even though he has the hunger for it. And that's what Jesus is doing. Well, so how does this bread of life, how does this eternal life get to all the nations of the world, all the people of the world? It's through this. It's through unqualified people with inadequate resources. This is his plan. Not a very good plan, but this is his plan. Unqualified people with inadequate resources enter the church of Jesus Christ, enter Jubilee. This is what we're about. We've been about this for 25 years. Uh, so why we exist to offer the world the bread of life so that it's so like the disciples, you and I, we need bread distribution uh, training. And so that's the big picture of this. But you, you also, you have to see the big picture of it, what Jesus is actually doing. But you also have to zoom in to kind of feel uh, the story because this story is, I mean, we know the end, but to, to put yourselves into the story, I mean, the disciples, for example, they come to this day, they're already exhausted. They're already tired. They were looking uh, to rest, actually. And then Jesus starts to talk to 25,000 people. And he goes on and on and on. 11 o'clock rolls around. 12 o'clock rolls around. 1 o'clock. 2 o'clock. I mean, it's fall, so they already missed the first game. 
And now they're, and now they're three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock. I mean, I'm not exaggerating. The day it says, as the day wore, you know, wore off, or it, I forget what it says, actually. Uh, but it, as the day wore down, that's what it says. As the day wore down, so it's at the end of the evening, and the disciples, I mean, they get together. They form a little committee. They're like, guys, what are we going to do? This guy keeps going on and on and on and on. And on. I mean, it's great, but, you know, we're starving. If I don't get something to eat, I'm going to die. I'm already tired. He, he doesn't seem like he has any quit in him. Um, and I'm sure that the people are hungry too. And then someone's like, that's it. Well, let's tell them the people. He seems to really like the people. Uh, he doesn't seem to really like us, but he really likes the people. So we'll, we'll tell them, hey, it's the people. And so, you know, somebody who was the spokesperson for, for the little group, they come and say, hey, Jesus, um, um, we were thinking that maybe, you know, because of the people, you know, like this is going on. We really, really appreciate the series that you're doing, like all in one day. Um, but like the, 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 the people, I mean, we should let them go. We, I mean, really, if the people, we, we, we could go on, but the people feel, we, we think it's best to let the people go. So let's wrap it up. And Jesus is like, oh, you're concerned about the people. Okay, well, um, you give them something to eat. And he's like, oh my goodness. So now he has to go back to the committee, which is always the hardest part. So he goes back to the committee and he says, hey, what'd you say? Did you tell him? Yeah, I told him exactly what you said. I said, it's for the people. What'd he say? Well, he said, he said, you give him something to eat. We give him something. There's like 25,000 people. How are we going to find something? And just as he's saying that, he sees this little boy coming along with a long John Silver sack. He had the two piece meal with extra rolls. And he says, okay, give me that. And he takes it. He takes it. Um, and, he's, and, and one of the guys is like, what are, you, are you kidding me? That is not going to feed 25,000 people. That's not enough. And the guy's like, that's it. That's what we tell him. We tell him, hey, look, Jesus, we tried. We did our best, but this is all that we have. So they go back and they say, hey, Jesus, you know, um, we did what you said um, because we do care about the people just like you care about the people. And, uh, but I'm, I'm sad to report this is all we have. And Jesus is like, that's all you have. You just have uh, two fish and, and five loaves. Yeah, I just have two fish and five loaves. All right, good. Just get them in groups of 50. That'll be fine. And they're like, what? Like, you don't understand. Like, we only have this. He's like, no, no, I, I heard you. That'll be fine. And so he, begin, he, he takes the food. It says he blesses it. And then he breaks it in half, gives one group over here, and they start to distribute it. And they start to give out little by little. And then, as you know, as they hand it out, it multiplies. It feeds a multitude. In fact, it not only feeds them, they had 12 baskets left over. It says that all were satisfied, and they had 12 baskets left over. And what's interesting about this, this story is that the, the food did not multiply in Jesus' hands. It multiplied in the disciples' hands as they gave it away. So it happened when, it wasn't like Jesus, Jesus, hey, you only have two fish and five loaves? Okay, uh, I'll pray for it, whammo, like, you know, trays from heaven come down, everyone's fed. You know, hey, I only have a little bit of money. Okay, now we have millions, now we can move forward. No, it says, as they gave what they had, which wasn't much. In fact, it was laughable compared to the need. But as they gave it away, God, what you keep is all you have. But if you're willing to give it away, God 
multiplies it. And this is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying what he wants us to understand as we move forward as his church, as his people, is what I'm calling you to do is impossible. What I'm calling you to do is impossible. If you ever feel like, man, this, I don't have what it takes to do what God wants me to do, that's exactly where he wants you to be. He wants you, only the inadequate are adequate. So it's, it's, it's oh, my friend will never believe in Jesus, but you share the gospel anyway, that's when his power kicks in. Oh, they'll never, they'll never be healed, but you pray anyway. That's when his power kicks in. Oh, oh, we can never fill that need. We can never go for that mission, but you, you give it anyway. That's when his power kicks in. One commentator said this on the passage. He said, it's not God's intention that we should be in ourselves adequate to our task. Rather, he wants that we should be inadequate. If we only accepted tasks that we think that are adapted to our powers, we are not responding to the call of God. Do you hear that? That's what this teaches. If we only accept what we feel like we can do with our days and our dollars, I'd love to. I just don't have the time. I'd love to. I just don't have the money. I'd love to. I just don't have the, the, the ability. That's not, my, that's not my gift. You're not responding to the call. The church is always in crisis and always will be. Just some encouragement there. Difficulties, problems, lack of money and people, a menacing outlook, endless misunderstandings and misrepresentations. If you get close enough, you'll find out about those. We are not just supposed to go forward despite these things. They are precisely the conditions requisite for the doing of them. That's what we're up to. All the problems, all the difficulties, all the limitations, all the impossibilities, we are not just supposed to do the work Jesus gives us despite those things. They are the, the requisites for the doing it. Only the inadequate are adequate. And that's what Jesus is, is teaching us. So how is this impossibility made possible? Well, Luke 9.16, that verse points us in the right direction. It says, taking the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven, it literally in the Greek says, he blessed and he broke. He blessed and broke. Two verbs, blessed and broke. Uh, fast forward to Mark 22, uh, excuse me, Mark uh, 14, 22. Uh, it's a Passover meal. We celebrate this uh, in, in communion at the end of every service, which we'll do here in a bit. Uh, the night before Jesus goes to the cross, Jesus says, this is my body. And then he uses the same two verbs, blessed and broke. Blessed and broke on the cross the next day. Jesus on the cross, he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He blessed them and then he died. He broke. He blessed and then he broke. And until you see Jesus blessing and breaking as your substitute, what He's saying to us, what he's demonstrating to us in this story, in this, in this reality, it won't make any sense to us. The reason, why this makes, the reason why this works is because he blessed and he broke on our behalf. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Can I see this bread? So this bread, um, if this stays whole, I can't eat it. I starve. I die. I decay. I literally go to pieces. Um, in order... But 
in, so if, in order for me to stay whole, I have to, I have to break the bread. So in other words, it's me or the bread. You know what I mean? Like it's me or the bread. Which one's it going to be? Is the bread going to break and I stay whole? Or do I break and the bread stays whole? And Jesus is saying to us, I am the bread of life. If I stay whole, if I keep my life, you go to pieces. But that's not what I've come to do. I have come not to stay whole. I've not come to be served. I've not to hold on to what I have, but I have come to be broken for you so that you can be made whole. And Jesus is our, thanks. (laughs) Jesus is not just our substitute. He is our example. What I mean by that, he says, if anyone would follow me, let him pick up his cross and die. So in other words, here's how you're to live. You, broken, so that others could be made whole. My week, broken, so that others can be made whole. My calendar, broken, so that others can be made whole. My bank account, broken, so that others can be made whole. That's what he's called us to. That's what he's trying to teach us. And here's what he says. What you hold on to, here's my promise. What you hold on to is, is all you have. But if you, if you are willing to be broken... It's not just that you, you, it's broken, but he resurrects that. He multiplies it, and he feeds a multitude. Oh, and by the way, you're taken care of. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it's just a grain of wheat. All you have, if, if you hold on to it, that's all you have. You just have a seed. Congratulations, you have a seed. But if you're willing to drop, if you're willing to, to in faith, let that seed drop into the ground and let what is out of your control, that is the rain and the sun, uh, do whatever it does. I, I'm a math person. I'm not a biologist. In photosynthesis or something like that, I don't know. Anyway, it does something miraculous, and it 30, 60, 100-fold. What you keep is all you have, but what you give away, God will multiply. And that's what we've been uh, about at Jubilee Church for 25 years, is taking that dynamic to the very center of our life. What, is, what am I talking about? The dynamic of I am broken so that the world can be made whole. We're willing to be broken so the world can be made whole. And that's what he's called us to. And our future, though, um, isn't determined by our past. Our future is determined by what we do uh, in the present. Um, we've had so many cool stories. I want to share a few of them because this is, uh, I, want to sh- I want to share with you like what like, the, the, the investment you make with your days and your dollars, uh, where it goes to. And first of all, we want people to know God and, and uh, we're wanting him to, to experience uh, Jesus uh, dying for them. We've baptized so many people. Uh, here's a few of them. I, I want to talk, uh, Linda. Linda, don't you love that smile? I mean, just like that, just the joy of, of that deep need inside of you being filled. I mean, it just never gets old seeing the, the, the joy, the, the raw joy in people. But Linda, she's in their city location. She's, she'd heard about God, but never experienced them. And she comes into Jubilee Church and all the ministries and stuff that we do. And, and she got involved. She, met, uh, she encountered Jesus. She's in community. She's found family. She's serving. She's loving. It's amazing. Another, um, more recently, Karen, um, also in the city. Uh, same, uh, similar story. Uh, comes to know Jesus. 
and is already, she's, this is probably four weeks ago, she's already uh, apprenticing in, in one of the community groups down there in the city, uh, not just you know, experiencing the wholeness that Jesus offers, but also now willing to be broken so that other people can discover what she has. And we've, these stories have been multiplied hundreds, if not thousands of times over our life. But it's not just that. We give, our, as a church, if you're new to us, we make a practice of giving uh, from the first financial decision that Jubilee makes is we give 10% away to help strengthen and plant other churches. We've done that from the very beginning. Uh, whether we've had a lot or a little, it's just something that we've done. Uh, this year, that'll mean like 160 or 170,000 or so. Um, in the past five years, we've plowed more than $800,000 to help other churches get started and strengthen, help plant churches in places like San Francisco in Kansas City here in the States, but also globally in places like Nepal. Uh, uh, some of you have met uh, Madan, um, and he's planted about 40 churches there in Nepal in Turkey, uh, which is very, um, has very few churches. This is Ali. Uh, he's taller than me, um, but he did that, which makes it worse, doesn't it? Kind of like he should have, anyway, but he's, 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 he's a, He's a funny guy, but he's, he's only 25, but I mean, he's already, I mean, he's leading like seven or eight different churches in a place that has very, very few churches. And you're, giving, you're helping make that happen, uh, helping to uh, take care of, of uh, raising up pastors, um, planting churches in Burma, India, Oman. So we do a gap year. We used to call it the Frontier Year Team. Uh, and the bakers, uh, Natalie and Daniel, they were... They were once a part of that group, you know, 19-year-old kids, and, and they met, and they fell in love with each other, but they also fell in love with the Arabian Peninsula, and so they're in uh, Oman, and I think he's, like, checking fantasy scores. I don't know what he's doing there. He doesn't seem to be doing anything all that spiritual, but anyway, but I didn't ask him, but that's the picture he sent. Um, and so planting and strengthening churches all throughout the United States, Canada, Mexico, helping other churches locally here in St. Louis, uh, helping them uh, get started and planted. There's some, some great works that are doing stuff that we would love to do, but just not in a position to do it. And so we want to help them doing it. We gave about 25000 to those churches last year. Um, but more than that, we were given away in benevolence dollars. So not just helping the, the mission go forward, but just helping people who fall uh, in difficult times. And globally, you know, we gave 50000 to our Ukrainian brothers and sisters as they sought to relocate and uh, replant churches. Uh, we gave money to Armenian brothers and sisters during that conflict. Uh, about, 40, about 50 children lost their parents in that fight, in that war. And uh, the church, we helped the church come alongside them and give them homes and restart. Um, we've given um, uh, to Kenya which uh, they, they have a famine. If you know about that area, there, there's always a famine, but this famine was particularly bad. And I, I do have a, uh, Edward Berea, who, who, who oversees those churches, is more than 1,000 and feeding millions um, while being uh, the mayor of his town, which is about 2 million people, which every time I talk to him, I feel lazy. And like, he's like, what are you doing? Well, I'm trying to figure out where to put the coffee in the lobby, you know, it's kind of big stuff. And he's like, all right, whatever. Anyway, but he gave me this story um, to share with you all because he was so grateful. Just taking this opportunity to really say a big thank you to you, Brian, and of course the leadership of Jubilee 
and all the brothers and sisters for your continued support uh, during a very difficult time in our country. Uh, we are facing one of the worst famine that has been occasioned because of a prolonged drought affecting millions of people. Uh, at the moment, we are supporting around 900 families. That is, of course, thousands of people. And that is uh, giving them some food on daily basis. Sometimes we take enough stocks to them uh, that will go on for a fortnight before we are next there. And so really on behalf of Frida and of course the many teams that serve with us, I'm taking this opportunity to really say a big thank you uh, because of your partnership in this way. Uh, the problem, the crisis is with us to uh, 2023. Uh, at the moment, of course, we are grateful to God because rains have uh, set in, but it takes time uh, before people can be able to harvest from uh, the planted crops. In fact, alongside the relief efforts, we've also been giving out uh, seed seeds for planting and of course, fertilizers to some of the, uh, the, the families that come from uh, an area where farming is uh, done. Once again, hear my heart on behalf of many brothers and sisters in this country, Kenya, uh, you are friends in Jubilee. Thank you very, very much for your prayers and for your continued support. We value every shilling that comes to our hands and making sure that we continue to touch lives and transform people during a very difficult time. The Lord bless you so much. We'll keep you posted as we continue to de expense the monies that you've been able to send uh, by uh, giving relief and support. In fact, the other thing I need to mention quickly is that uh, not only are we doing that because the climate change is a phenomenon that no one of us understands, we are also embarking on what we're calling a more permanent solution by doing uh, water projects that can be able to give people sustainability in the years to come. Once again, thank you very much. The Lord bless. Um, and of course, uh, helping families in our own local church. Uh, won't mention anyone by name, but just uh, several, uh, you know, whether it be single moms or single dads or uh, families uh, um, coming and helping them uh, take care of things like car repairs and just some of the things that they've, when they've fallen on hard times. In fact, uh, because of your generosity, I mean, I'm proud to say that the, I mean, there's no financial need that we've, that we're not able to meet. We always seem to get more money uh, for benevolence than the need that we have. Uh, and it just kind of proves the point that, again, like what we keep is, is all we have, but what God, but what you give, God multiplies. And if you were, are one of the few math people that were willing to out yourself as a math person, I don't know if maybe it's a bad thing to say, I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, the numbers, I mean, about $300,000 um, that we just gave away to uh, outside of us before we thought about what we want to do. And that's something that we would pra we practice as a community together, but also practice as individuals impacting churches, impacting cities, nations, and lives. Uh, and so we want to continue to do that. Like I mentioned that, if you're new to us, we don't go around and take like a bunch of different offerings. In fact, you'll, you'll be here today, and if you've, you know, we, no one will actually put a plate in front of you 
Um, someone may give you some information how to give, or you can go on our website for how to do that. And we don't, every time there's a need that comes up, with, even with Ukraine, or even uh, uh, like the famine in Kenya, some of the, even some of the bigger stuff, we don't ask for money then because at the end of every year, which we do this in December, um, and we'll be doing it here obviously in a few weeks, is that we just receive an offering and whatever people predecide to give at the end of the year, that's the money that we use for the following year. And every time we're always, we always get more, actually more than we, we more than 100,000 last year pretty much about 100, over 100,000 each year. And that enables us to move out in strength. So when there is a need that comes up, we're able to, to give to it right away and not say, okay, here it is again, here it is again. And, and just if you're new to us, you're part of a generous church uh, that wants to feed multitudes. And as we close here, I just want to turn our attention to this um, little boy um, who had this you know, Long John Silver's lunch two-piece meal thing. Um, the, the bread actually was barley bread, which meant it was the, it's the barley bread was the bread of the poor. So this wasn't some rich kid who could have just, you know, gone home and got more. Um, we call it a lunch, but it, it probably might have been food for several days, maybe a week. Um, and this was all that he had. And I just imagine being this boy. Like, you get word, you know, these 12 guys that you've never met in your life, Hey, say this guy over here, see that guy talking to all those people? He wants your lunch. He wants your food. And to do what? (laughs) Well, to feed all these people. I mean, again, I'm a math guy, so I put myself in that story. I'm like, you know what? This is not going to feed a multitude. This is not going to feed 25,000 people. You know who it will feed? Me. So I think it's better that I keep it. Won't make an impact over there, but it will make an impact to me, so I will keep it. I will keep, I will keep my time. I will keep my treasure. I will keep my talent. Because I just don't see it. Either fear gets over me, like what am I gonna eat? If I give up this food, my, you know, my mom will be furious that I gave away all my food and this was supposed to feed me for a week. I'm afraid, but I also don't see it. I don't see it. What would you do in that scenario? What do you do in the scenario that you're in? You know, I don't really have much to give. Jesus says this little boy, Jesus, the, the disciples say, we don't have much to give. Jesus says, well, all you have is enough. I'll take that. If you follow Jesus long enough, he's not going to just ask you for your spare change or even some predetermined amount. Sometimes he's going to ask you for the very lunch you're getting ready to eat. Sometimes he's going to, you know, how are my kids going to be educated? How, how are my kids, you know, how am I going to get that house? How am I going to get that car? How am I going to do these things? What you keep is all you have, but what you give, God multiplies. You and I have this decision all the time. Do we want our lunch or do we want the multitudes? Do we want our lunch? Do we want the multitudes? We give it away, God multiplies it. Everyone was fed that day, and they were satisfied. And there were 12 baskets left. Now, we don't know what happened to the baskets, but I would imagine that little boy came home with, the, with one of them. And that's the way God is. He's a good God. He's a loving God. You have a Father in heaven who loves you. He knows how you're made. He knows your frame. He's going to feed you. He's going to clothe you. 
He's going to give you everything you need. He's going to give you a sufficiency. In fact, he's going to give you an abundance for every good work. He loves you. He's going to take care of you. This is an issue of fear, maybe, or unbelief. Just don't think God will do it. I just want to remind you. You and I believe... You and I believe that 2,000 years ago, a man walked this earth, was killed, buried, and rose to new life. I think we're already all in on the miracle game. Like, we're already there. And this is what God wants to do. God wants to remind you that he broke for you. And if you break for others, other people will be made whole and he'll take care of you in the process. Why don't we stand? I feel this. I feel the fear, and, and sometimes I feel the unbelief. That's my story. I'm 47. I'm on the, the other side of the hill, I guess, and uh, kids and college and You know, the, just my future. I think about that in terms of money. I think about that in terms of time. Everybody wants my time. Won't people leave me alone? <laughs> <laughs> I get so afraid that I won't have enough. I'm just, I just, I just, when I have the moment to think about it, I just think about how strong my desire is to be whole. I don't want anyone to break off a piece. I want to be whole. Father, we just confess our fear and our unbelief, our desire to be whole. God, we need to see you again. As being broken so that we can be made whole. God, so that we would have the, the courage and the faith to believe that as we go out and as we allow ourselves to be broken, very practically our calendar broken, very practically our bank accounts broken very practically our ambitions and broken so that others could be made whole. God, we just we want to confess that the way you lived was true. That that was, that was the right, that was the, that was the path to life. God, I pray you would deal with our fear and unbelief. And we do pray, God, we thank you for our history. We thank you, Lord, for these opportunities to serve and to bless others in the ways that we've been able to do it. And we pray it continue. But God, we know that we have to continually come back to you and how you have looked upon us. And you did not put yourself first. You did not put yourself on top of the org chart. You put yourself on the bottom. You washed our feet. You broke for us so that we could be made whole. I pray that we likewise would break for others so they can be made.